It's going to tell you. That. So here we are at uh, our fourteenth podcast. No, no, it's actually episode fifteen. It's episode fifteen, right? Well, that's uh, let's start again. Here we are at episode fifteen of yeah. hoarding stuff or hoarding stuff, depending on how you're thinking about it. Uh, where David and I, and sometimes other guests, talk about. Guess what? We talk about hoarding stuff and that's exactly what we're doing tonight we're talking mm. about what people like to hold on to and gather and collect and keep and amass well, so actually, we, uh, we actually talk about a lot more than just the hoarding we, we do seem to talk about philosophy and life and all the yeah. difficult questions yeah. that the universe that's, poses that's, us that's, as well <laughs> because the hoarding i think is is a, a kind of like a sign and a symptom of people being a bit lost it, it, well, it, it is it is actually a language unto it. Mm. What, you know, when you're looking at it, you're seeing um you're seeing something's talking to you, but it's just not using the language that we all understand. And that language does have effects on different people in different ways, which is also part of the issue when people are needing help and support and understanding and they're getting the wrong reactions from people. And I think that is probably the most difficult thing to overcome because um, any other, I would, well, I would say any other mental health issue or health issue mm. doesn't pose a threat or a perceived threat to the people that are trying to help. But I right. think it's that that causes the, it is oh, yeah. it's a literal barrier, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. that is, that is that is the shame, really. Um, it's but, fight or flight, isn't it? Really, totally. It is exactly fight or flight. But but that's what you're seeing. That's that that is keeping somebody's permanent state of fight or flight in abeyance. Mm. So of course, yeah. when you try and take it away, the fight or flight comes straight back, and the body come on, I'll have you. Come on, I'll take it Yeah. Run for the hills, run for the hills. I I saw something that was, um, I think I was just going through, I've been watching a bit more telly for some reason. I don't know why I normally watch stuff on the laptop. Watching a bit of telly and doing the channel uh, hopping thing. And there was one of those programs about hoarding on. And I just caught it a bit where the woman who was helping was going, you're not, um, you're not, what's the word? Um, Not collaborating. You're not, um, you're not helping. You're not. You're not um, doing what we we tell you to do. Essentially, you're not. Uh, yeah, you're not doing what we expect you to do. Why aren't you doing what we expect you to do? And she got really irate, and then I just moved on to I don't know, midsummer murders or something. <laughs> something easy on the mind. <laughs> God, uh, this is just going to wind me up, and I want to slap her. You know. Was it one of the American programs? No, it wasn't one of the American programs. Oh, worse. But, but but it had one of those the American feel to it. Yeah. I can't remember think what the word my brain's slowing down. Um, you're not conforming. Not not quite conforming. No, it was it was a word that wasn't quite conforming because conforming was what she meant, but she was trying to you know you're not helping. You're behaving well. Yeah, you're being bad. Look here, you're being <laughs> bad. Uh, and and to be honest, they they possibly were if you if you were. It depends what your agenda is, doesn't it? Really. Well, it, it, and it is, and I mean, it is a, a, a sad and irritating part of life that humans in general don't tend to do what you want them to do. No. Why we all have to face challenges and find solutions. And otherwise we'd all be wandering around with just big grins on our faces and loads of money, you know. <laughs> that'd be, I don't know, that'd be a bit boring actually, wouldn't it? Exactly. <laughs> so, wonder, oh yes, I, I want this and I'll get it. Actually, it'd be even worse, wouldn't it? Because you, you know, more well, it's a bit like it's a bit like who was the guy with all the gold? Midas, Midas. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a yeah. curse. But, yeah. And they do say, "Be careful what you wish for." So, yes, they do. And and it's, it's um, so. I wonder if you could transfer the the love of money is is the root of all evil. Is the love of stuff also? Does that fit in as well? Well, it's in because it, recently I've been listening to some, you know, I listen to stuff when I walk around the park. Mm-hmm. And so recently I've been listening to a lot of sort of Buddhist type thinking. Mm. And, um, and that all says that anything external 
is is just a waste of time really because everything that you've got that you really want to need you really want which is peace of mind and tranquility and all that sort of you know nirvana which is i've i always thought nirvana was like having everything you want but actually Mm. it said it was it's it's nothing it's everything's gone everything's reduced and that is that is your nirvana that's it it's already there so really sounds dreadful well i know because i even fight with this myself it's like yeah but 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 you know i can hear all these buts coming up in my head so it is we are it's about attachment to things and, and I think the Stoics do it as well. They sort of go, mm, just have to accept the way things are. And I find that quite difficult, really. I find that. Well, I, it, it, it really does. It goes against what I believe, because I think you do try and find solutions. And so so if I just went, oh, right then, you know, yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get up. Would I? I wouldn't get out of bed. I don't, so I don't think it's as simple as that. I think there's like no, a continuum so. of, of stuff. And, and we tend to, to go with this kind of... Uh, Oh, it means that, doesn't it? It means uh, like the um, who are the people that uh, it's the Epicureans who say that everything should be pleasure, no pain and all pleasure. But if you get to a certain point with pleasure, it becomes painful after a while. Right. Well, I I just think skin is rats. You know, they yeah. they they got pleasure till it killed them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So you can have too much of a good thing. So I suppose we need... Where's we need... my human-shaped Skinner's rat button so I can <laughs> just sit here going... So then you go, no, I don't want any more. I just want beans on toast. And it's like, no, beans sorry. You yeah, beans on pleasure. toast is great. We had beans <laughs> on toast a week ago. Oh, um, yeah, every so often. I was thinking about it earlier. That's why I'm saying it. I had, I had beans on a really nice, posh piece of cheese bread from this deli that I went to with my daughter. <laughs> and that was like posh beans on toast. And it was it was just delightful because I hadn't had beans on toast for ages, but it was, oh, yeah, well, well worth having. Jane cut the toast into little squares, right? And then put the beans in the middle of the plate. So it's like <laughs> a little island with a lake of beans. Glorious. And it came out with the cheese on a separate plate, half cheese and half butter. Oh. So I don't know what she was trying to do, but she was, she was she managed to do something that was a bit more fancy than just going. That's like herbs meets beans on toast, isn't it? Yeah, it's canapes, bean on toast canapes. Mm. Do, do anyway, still, do people still uh, have you met anybody that hoards tins of food? Oh, loads of people, loads of people. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and one one of the one of the this was part of the TV program I did a while ago. There was a gentleman in Plymouth and. Um, his his kitchen shelves he called his food museum wow his name not mine and oh i know but wow i know i know because i often in this program i often was filmed having discussions with people about the age of their tins or their marmalade um and and so this one tin of beans this guy had got was 16 years old cool and he said, but but also some of the other tins that he'd had, when you pick them up, you know, you go to pick a tin of, tin of anything up and your brain goes, that's going to be slightly heavy. So yeah. you sort of compensate for it. And they were empty, but they were not opened. Except right. if you looked really close, there was a little weeny hole of rust that had got through and then the inside of the tin had just disintegrated. Rotted, just rotted, yeah. Well, rotted, but then turned to dust. Wow. Then turned to dust. And that was the really interesting thing, were these, like, whole tins, but there uh-huh. were just these little, little... And these were, these were beans. Some of them had been... Powdered, powdered beans. So what you need to do is just yeah. open them and rehydrate them. Bean dust, yes. Oh. You just have, like, bean mash. But um, but no, this there was there were a couple of full tins of beans and and he honestly he was so, he was a really interesting man and yeah. he was really interested in this process and he um, he said well no they'll be fine I'll just I'll just open them and eat them oh, no. and I said well okay but I said the problem with that is or the problem I've got with that is that if I'm right as in they could be dangerous then. It could be botulism and then you'll be dead and I'll be right and I won't be able to say, see, I told you so. 
So that was Weapons my of murderous dining. Yes. Yeah. Go on then. I dare you. It's like yeah. like Russian roulette with beans, isn't it? <laughs> Well, I can imagine him opening the tin up and it would just be in these bean ashes and then you'd have to have like a service where you went and scattered them, scattered the ashes of the beans. <laughs> in a ceremony. Um, yeah. yeah, he was just an has-been. <laughs> oh. oh. but, but then I said to him, I said, so you would be prepared to eat these? And he said, yes, of course I would. And I said, would you give them to your grandson? And then he said, no. Well, there you go. I yeah, that's, that's a good and test. I said, so, what do you think is happening there? Why, you know, you value your grandson's life, but you don't value yours. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so it's just really interesting. But, yeah, so lots of people hoard food um, and, 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 and some people hide food oh, so, right, right. so that you can't find it. So a recent case that I'm working with, the, the, there's food all over his flat, oh and, but some is hidden under the bath. He put it behind the bath panel so nobody could find it. Okay. I don't know how long it had been. I can, I can understand. So I've got a friend who was saying that um, this person's parents had gone through the, um, the Holocaust right uh, and they were a child when that happened and ever since they'd always had a case packed yeah uh, and plenty of food uh, they didn't have bank accounts because they, they were always prepared to be on on the move even though you know that wasn't necessarily going to happen but it was like no, no, um, no. but it's just been sort of baked into them yeah, yeah yeah and I can also understand why people would do it if they were they were older and they'd they'd had um so Jamesman went through the depression, mm -hmm. right? So automatically you you don't waste as much food and you you, you try and make do and mend and you kind of become quite frugal, I guess, with that. But I think I think these are all this is the reasoning of the brain. Yeah. It it will find something that makes sense to everybody like mm. that. But if that was absolutely true, mm -hmm. then everybody that went through the depression would You'd be doing it. Yeah, that. yeah. And that's where you see that it's a it's a selected, soothing action rather mm. than an absolute. If you see what I mean. It's interesting um, you mentioned soothing because uh, I'd not really thought about this before until recently. Somebody mentioned it that um, there are people who go through their childhood and aren't taught how to be self-soothing. Mm. Sounds like a tongue twister, really. Self-soothing Sally. Well, self-soothing Susan. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't, we don't necessarily have the, the, the wherewithal to... So I wonder if hoarding is... Well, we know that hoarding is, is part of that, don't we, really? Um, and, ver and very often um, the, the traumatic incidents that cause that fight or flight, which then stay with people through their life, mm. um, come from childhood, but are mm. completely hidden to the person, or they have rewritten their own history. So there's a lady that I'm also working with who um, had a really very abusive childhood, mm. but, and I believe maybe she had ADHD now, mm -hmm. thinking about her describing how she felt and, that she's always felt like an outsider and she's very, she can't sit still. And, you know, she's, if your sentences are too long, she'll go, blah, 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 you know, get on to the next thing sort of thing. Mm, mm. But she, on paper, her childhood was very abusive, but mm. in her head, it was a happy childhood, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. But then of course the pattern followed. So all her relationships um, were not good either. I find it interesting because I think that sometimes I might be wrong on this. There's a hierarchy of, of hoarding as well. So people will look down on people who maybe have, have leaflets or takeaway trays because that for, for them is junk. And I was just thinking, actually, when I was 21 and I had my first flat, by the time I'd left it at the age of 25, I may have accrued a lot of newspapers, <laughs> right? And they'd gone, and I had a seller. Which, which which was good 
It's kind oh. of like... <laughs> which uh, was well insulated by the time you left. Which um, the, just the newspapers went down there, you know, and they were never seen again. It was, it was, they weren't going to survive. You know, it wasn't as if it was... Uh, so I suppose it must have started way back then, really, you know. Um, and But I think that's... And that's another interesting fact, is that hoarding in younger people mm. isn't classified as that. Nobody's looking for it to be no, that. No. And so it will be classified as something else. Mm. And um, that, for me, is really very, very seriously disturbing, I think, when it's dealing with young families, because instead of being seen as um, hoarding behaviour that needs support and help and you know, understanding by the person that's happening to it's classified as neglect and children are removed and families are split mm. up. And it, it, it's very, it's very, it's very sad for the lack of knowledge, if you like, and the lack of somebody that goes, hold on a minute, this isn't voluntary action. This is something that somebody doesn't know mm. is happening. And so you can say 25 times, you need to tidy up, you've got to clear up, everything's got to go, however you word it it's not going in because it's not understood how to do it. And yeah. it's a bit like saying to somebody with dys dyslexia, I'm going to keep showing you this book until you can read it. <laughs> it's, it's not it's happening, that. is it? It's not no, happening. no, it's no. not. But if somebody gets some help with dyslexia, then, you know, things happen. And so, so put you on the spot a bit then. We'll go uh, with the top five things that you think. If, if you had to do a list of the top five things that turn up, that are hoarded. Right. The very top would be paperwork. Right. And then a very close second to that, or you could classify it as the same thing, is what you've just described, newspapers, magazines. Well, it's fascinating because paperwork is something that, that um, I was thinking about. If I'd gone to myself when I was in, in school and had a word with myself, apart from saying, take it more seriously, please, Right. Uh, I would say, imagine in the future you're going to have a photocopier in your living room and you're going to have these pieces of paper that you're going to have to keep for five years. And you'll have all of this stuff come through for bills and all that. And, you know, and you will have a huge amount of this stuff. Whereas before that, you wouldn't have had necessarily all of that in the, in the same at the same degree. You know, um, it's weird that we, we now have to do that. Well, I suppose, I mean, it's, it's had a fluctuation, hasn't it? Because mm. the idea was at one point in the 80s that we were going to have a paperless office. Mm -mm. And that never happened. <laughs> and we were going to have, everybody thought there were going to be no more books because of computers. And we've got even more books now than were ever, ever printed. Yeah. So I think, I think the need to keep paperwork probably was there, but we just had less of it. Right. But, I don't know, did we? Yes, we did, because junk mail wasn't in the mix. No, junk and, mail is, is a real bane. Of... And it's doing your tax and all of that stuff, you know. And well, I don't know if you had to do that, because nobody in my family was self-employed. There you go. So I think yeah. I don't know whether that happened. I, I yeah. had to learn that on my own when I became self-employed. So I don't know. You must have had I to. I think there are more self-employed people than there were before. You know, oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely, because uh, it's just discussed more and there's more encouragement for it and there's mm -hmm. more, well, there's loads of people with online businesses and all sorts of stuff like that. So, yeah, I think, and I think that's a good thing. Mm. But certainly when I was, when I was younger, it was get a job, you know, yeah. that was just get a job in the 70s, get a job. And the office, the people about. in the office would do the paperwork, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So that, that's been put on the people people working now. You know, we're seen as economic units. The magazines uh, are interesting because um, I, mean, I, I don't do it now as much as I used to do. I used to get uh, digital music magazines thinking, one day I'll write a song and I'll use these samples and it'll be great. Or look at that, I'll write something about that and, and it doesn't happen, you know. Or isn't that a fantastic picture? That I've got there of in a history magazine of, of um, somebody taking their pig to market. You know, oh, that that make a good story, wouldn't it? I'm right about that. Um, and also the other thing I've been doing, I've noticed, I've, I've started doing it again. It's really not good. I've been buying people's friend. No. Right. 
It's a slippery slope. It You'll is, be buying tartan slippers soon. That's right. And knitting. Yep. And elasticated but, waist trousers. And it'll you know, all be over, Dave. The idea is that um, they, they take stories from creative writers and they pay you 500 quid for, for a story. But And I should have learned this by now because when I tried to write a story for people's friend, it goes very Tarantino very quickly. <laughs> and I don't think that's what, that's what they're after. They have changed over the years. I do not believe that they have got to the Samuel L. Jackson stage with People's Friend yet. But no. I would love to read it. <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be great. It would be the slow but gradual. <laughs> it was at this point in time that Mrs. Stebbins put down her knitting and picked up her AK-47 <laughs> as she went through the town of Kidminster. Oh, dear. No, Saying, no. what are you looking at, you mofo? Yeah, no, 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 it's not. They're, they're not, not going to have that idea. It's a not, delightful. Concept. Just not going to. Just not going to do it. So that, so that was number two. Was newspapers and, and magazines. That was so the, newspapers the, and magazines. And then I suppose. Um, oh. Who are the two guys in in America? The the famous people. Oh, the Collie Brothers. Yeah. Oh well, they. I mean, they had. Oh, they just. The, it was just everything. The the one brother loved musical instruments so there were hundreds of musical instruments yep. in their in their five-story mansion uh-huh. um <clears throat> there was also a full you know a full-sized church organ that had been fitted into the wall oh wow there were three there were 14 pianos but three of them were grand pianos so they fitted oh, I mean. you know um but the, the but the, they had also they had a, a, a the carcass of a horse-drawn carriage um, a Model T Ford in bits in the basement, mm-hmm. uh, dressmakers, dummies, 25,000 books, which is, oh, wow. that's normal. But, um, yeah, no. But it's it, the newspapers, because I believe one of the brothers um, had lost his sight. That's right. He had a stroke. The, so the one brother was a lawyer. I can yeah. never remember which was which. Homer and Langley, they were called, but I can never remember which was, I think it was Langley that was a lawyer, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he, he'd worked all his life, but his brother, who was the engineer, I don't think he actually did get out to work, but he was the one that liked the musical instruments as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he, um, yeah, the, the lawyer brother had a big stroke and they brought him home from the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he was blind and paralysed. Yeah. And so his brother used to go out and collect even more newspapers to read when he got better. Well, that yeah, was that was that was a bizarre that was a bizarre thing when he when he got this idea that he was going to get better, better and, and be able to read through this huge amount of, of print. I know, I know. And I think I think I read somewhere that he fed him lots of oranges because he mm. thought the vitamin C was going to cure him, which was probably a good idea. Mm. Um but yeah, I also got the impression that people outside of the house thought there was some kind of treasure in the house. And well, there's always some urban myth, isn't there? Yeah, there's that. Well, they they. I don't think I don't think the I don't think people broke in. It was the local authority that broke uh, in because there were also complaints of rats and um, the building was becoming very unstable. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so the police had tried to get in. You know, you know, through the usual channels, and yeah, yeah. then they'd—I think they'd like looked through the letterbox, and it was a bit pongy, and so they thought that something had happened to them. So that was their excuse to break in, but right, nothing okay. had happened to them at this point. They were very, very angry. There's, there's word for that. What is it? It's a kind of like um, justifiable. No, I, my brain's not working. Never mind. It's it's, it's that kind justifiable of justifiable indignation we, at being. You know, yeah. somebody breaking into your house. It's like if you were just sat there watching the telly and the police came in, um, going, to, Oh, you're alive. They have to think that something's happened. They're, they're meant to have, like, a, you know, oh, somebody's dead in there and we have to go in to make sure, or, you know, there's, there's, oh, I watch all these TV programs about crime and I can't remember what it is now. I'm sure it's, I've seen it in the past couple of days, but I've gone, We can't go in there. Hold on a minute. Yes, we can. Because look, there's a dead body on the floor. I can see a foot underneath the sofa. So <laughs> in we go. Yeah, yeah. There's no stopping us now. I'm going to. Oh, hold on a minute. There is. This door's a bit hard. I can't. I can't. Can you try it? Don't. Oh, really? 
Okay. Um, so what's in third place then? That That's harder. Maybe clothes, I think, is in third place. Mm -hmm. I think clothes are um, huge. Uh, mostly for females, I have to say, they are they buy more clothes. But but there have been some men that have lots of clothes, but it, it's usually ladies' clothes that are there are loads. Is it a of. cultural then, thing? <clears throat> I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't think. I think it's this. I think it all to do with aspirational. And mm. so when you buy clothes, you are thinking how good they will make you feel when you wear them. Yeah. And so that's for. From certainly from my perspective, if I buy clothes, I don't buy them because they're practical and you know they're going to last for ten years. I think, oh, that'll look nice. Mm -hmm. And if I look nice, I feel nice. If I feel nice, I'm happy. That's but do you? I mean, do you do this thing? So they said that some people wear their clothes ten times in the lifetime of the clothing, and then they don't wear much more than that. And some people worry about being seen in the same dress. Oh God, yeah, yeah, and and I that, think people. People are, well, the, I read about, oh, I've forgotten her. I think it's Candice Aaron Spelling, was it? The, the, the one that did, um, oh, the puppets, Stingray, those, those people. His wife, anyway, he died. Anderson. That's it, that's it. Anderson, yeah. So, so his wife, mm -hmm. they had a massive mansion, and right. which was very hoarded. And... Um, but but also it was really massive, so it wasn't it wasn't. I don't think it had got to the stages of climbing over things, but it was because no, it was so big. No. And she had several rooms with clothes in, and all the dresses had tags on Ooh. with dates and venues on them, so that. Uh, and I think she had somebody who like was a dresser that yeah. would go and check out, like a bit like looking through a filing cabinet, mm -hmm. would check out where she'd last worn the blue cocktail frock you know and if she thought that there was going to be the same social crowd there she wouldn't wear it i i, I have a tagging <laughs> system slightly like that in that i i spill food onto my clothes and then i can kind of oh that was a, that was in a coded way yeah 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 well, yeah that, that was that was five weeks ago <laughs> yeah, last you, can time we had curry. <laughs> you can tell because it's stiffened up a bit there it it's not quite fresh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, that's a bit scary, though, isn't it? When, when, um, because one of the, the things that we did recently was an online thing and it was about reusing and recycling. And one of the, the biggest causes of problems with, um, um, global climate issues is, is fashion. Mm, I have I no clue that it, it took a huge carbon footprint. It's real uses loads of water and mm -hmm. yes I know and um so well I think going back to the you know not wearing the same dress to the same I'm I'm thinking it's not far away if they haven't done it already where you'll get a, a movement like in yeah. America where it will become a badge of honor to wear, wear the same stuff dress. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean it'll do a complete flip because then you can like vaunt the fact that you are being very eco and very um careful. see i thought i just thought i was being scuzzy right uh, wearing the same clothes all the time and uh, maybe that's it we'll come up with a new term which will be the scuzzerati yeah you'll be part <laughs> yeah. of the scuzzerati oh, you, you just wear yeah i've been wearing this i've been wearing this shirt no, no, for a week no, it's now. Be the eco warriors <laughs> yeah oh thank you for noticing i'm wearing the same dress What's it got to do with you anyway? <laughs> what 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 is not in your head that you've remembered that fact? <laughs> Life must be very dull. If oh oh I, yes yeah it must be it must be if if that's the concern that you know I don't I don't move in those circles I guess I don't. Well, don't. They, there was a program on on a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was one of those. Yeah, it was one of those where they try and get people to spend less, and yep. and they've got. They did exactly that scenario, Dave. They got um, a mum and two daughters and they were going to a wedding mm -hmm. and they were saying, oh, we can't, you know, we can't wear. They had all these wonderful dresses mm. um, that they'd put on. They'd sort of put them in a big room and they paraded them around and they went, oh, these are not, oh, these are ours. You know, because there were <laughs> so many of them. And then they said, why have you got so many dresses? You know, yeah. 
And they said exactly this, we can't be seen to be wearing the same thing to the same wedding. So then they got hold of some photos of said previous weddings mm -hmm. and they went, so what was Auntie Nina wearing then? And they were like, oh, don't, don't. what were no, you couldn't. wearing then? They couldn't don't even know. remember it themselves. And so they proved a point that you just don't, it's, just it's don't started, remember it. Yeah. It started already with, because they're doing adverts for products um, one of them being Vanish. There are other cleaning products available um, where they're saying, oh, this is a person who likes to share the clothes and they're much better and they, they last longer if you put a bit of this in there and, you know, kind of stain remover. And it's true because I've done it with my pants. So then my pants lasting longer than they used to last. Although I did do a wonderful poem by Brian Moses, which was called Alien Stole My Underpants. And uh, that's the best one. It's the best one on my story shed, that is. 411 people have loved Alien Stole My Underpants. It's a, it's a classic. No, no, that sounds, but, that sounds fabulous. So, so number so, four. What's number four, then? Then I think it starts to come down to individual taste. All right. So maybe, no, maybe number four, let's say food. Uh -huh. Food and... Um, because it is a worry, and food has definitely increased as a as a thing to save in COVID. But with, yeah, you know, clear and obvious reasons. Yeah, I'd be surprised um, if it hadn't been that way for about yeah. a few years, actually, with yeah. austerity as well. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's true, and and also now there will be there will still be reasons because food prices are going up. Yeah, and yeah. so people will be buying where it's in bulk cheaper. and where it's cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that sort of that, those causes that make sense uh, will still be there. Mm. And uh, number five, because um, we haven't even covered things like animals, have we really? Some people hoard animals. They do, but animal hoarding, as I think I've said this before, it, it's going to get a, a different categorised, you know, it's going to be classified as a separate. Right. Condition. So it will be called animal hoarding, I think but it will be set aside from the sort of hoarding disorder umbrella because it, it is a different, it is a different issue, but it, it, it animal hoarding is a substitute for love. Right, right. So, Do you think um, in, in, in biblical times, people went up to Noah and went, what are you doing? Because um, it was not two of every kind, it's seven, seven apparently, and then two spares. I know, I know, oh, I know. Right. Maybe it's to make one of the animals jealous, I presume, right? But did they go up to them and go, I think you've got a problem. This, this is this is animal hoarding you're doing here, mate. What, what's the matter with you? You can't be doing that. <laughs> they probably did, and those are the people that he didn't take. He kicked them uh, off the Well, boat. he didn't take, he just took his family, didn't he? Well, no. not having you. Yeah. Yes, that's true. But Criticising me for hoarding. <laughs> he built the boat and nobody else listened to him, did they? So there you go. Yeah, yeah. So um, number five, even... I don't know. Let's have a think. So what is... I'm going to go with Gordon's, Gordon's favourite, which is Bricks. Bricks. Oh. But I, I emailed Gordon, actually, and asked him to, if he'd got any, if he knew where I could get some bricks, because he's put all his into the floor. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, he sent me a picture of it, which I was quite jealous of, really. Wow. Fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I'm just about to make, a, not me personally, uh, somebody is going to make me a patio of bricks. Mm -hmm. so, um, and rail yard yeah. timbers was the other thing he had. He had rail yard timbers. Yeah, yeah. So, no, he's. Um, I think. I, I think he's. I think he's done a lot of work on himself. Actually, mm, that's good. That's yeah, good. it is good. It is good. And, and but but the work on himself also involved letting go of worrying about what other people think and do. And mm. and he said that's been his liberation. And he said this recently. He said I've been. I've been just living uh, just a much happier. I think since he stopped work because he mm. retired, I think maybe there was some drive, you know. Just in case anybody's work. not listened before, Gordon is somebody that goes to Heather's support group. Uh, and I would say he's actually really quite cool. Uh, and uh, he's almost Zen like. He's almost like. He a, is. He is. And he? He's reached an even bigger Zen like phase. He's just like let go of worrying about everything now. But I think that's definitely to do with not working. Because I think his last 
his last jobs, he he, he wasn't very happy in. And so yeah. he's the Buddha of Birmingham. Job. He is the Buddha of Birmingham, or one of many Buddhas of oh, Birmingham. That's true. That's true. There are many. So number, wise five, number five. The, the, there's a, there's a few possibilities. There's, there's craft items uh, and oh, yes. craft stroke project stuff. Mm. So when project stuff can be like mending cars or mending computers or mm. making things out of wood or or the other side of that is card making and knitting and sewing and painting jewelry making which mm. is a which is a nightmare because when you find loads and loads of jewelry bits there's millions of little beads and they just like when they're not well maintained they just go everywhere Mm. So you know they're sort of embedded in the carpet and also i said you something else that i find a lot mm -hmm. money i find loads of coins right and one house that i went to many years ago now this lady had she said everything had sort of got away from her because she'd been caring for a mum for about four or five years so uh -huh. whenever she'd gone home she'd literally sort of just chucked it crawled into bed, gone back out again, gone to work, gone to a mum's. And there was so much money in coins on the floor. And it was a mix of coins. It was, you know, yeah. a lot of twos yeah. and ones, but but still lots of silver and loads of pound coins. And in the end, I was putting the money into old handbags. Wow. The weight of it was so much. Mm. There were hundreds of pounds on the floor. So that was quite interesting. And I find that quite often. Um, if, you, if you don't trust the bank, right, and you do that that thing that I always thought was an urban myth that people put their money under their mattress. I've Is never that... found any money under a mattress. No, no. <laughs> keep looking. Keep looking. It'll be there one day. Well, um, there isn't a mattress to look under. So <laughs> would that be would that be hoarding if you did that, or is that just a, a pragmatic thing that, that? Well, there's a big argument, isn't there, about people who have lots of money hoard mm. money, but nobody moans at them. No, and it is quite—it no. is quite a disease, if you like, at some point, because people that are billionaires have got more money than they will ever, ever, ever be able to do anything with, but they still have to keep making more. So that it's a, it's a keeping the score thing, I think. With that, though, it's a kind of like they're judging their lives on that, and that's how they keep their like a computer game, really. This well, is, I, I heard um, in my Buddha, in my Buddhist rather teachings that I was listening to this morning it said obsession mm -hmm. is the ego's shameless effort and struggle to prove its own worth I'd, yeah I'd what go along with that rather glorious yeah yeah I had to go back and listen to it three times so I could remember it but I find I really it very know. difficult to to prove my own my own worth to be honest I just put something up on Twitter today saying that you know you you have an intrinsic value and you don't have anything to prove to anybody else in that kind of hypocritical way that I put stuff up on Twitter. <laughs> but it is true. I mean, if, if we think about everything that we worry about, or it is a self-constructed yeah, thought. Yeah. It's, not, it's not being given to us or stuck in our flesh like a thorn. We've actually stuck the thorns in ourselves. And so it's, you know, it, that, um, this is what the, the thing was sort of saying, everything's within. And mm -hmm. if you let go of all that and you realise that all these things are just cognitive constructs that your brains come up with and then you run with it and, uh, and you tend to run with the pack of wolves that's the scared wolves rather than the happy wolves. I just, I mean, sometimes I wonder about things that people collect and I don't know whether it's... it's so somebody had, had spent a fortune on getting a, a set of Winston Churchill's false teeth. And I started to wonder... as it, has this person actually got false teeth from from other people? You know that I've never found it. I haven't found a false teeth collection, but I'm has sure he got a collection of them? You know, and, a, and then does he reenact? So he's got a set of Hitler's false teeth and Winston Churchill's false teeth and Mussolini's false teeth. <laughs> and does he reenact the Second World War with the false teeth? <laughs> no. um, and why? I don't. Is it reflected glory that you tried to get, like John Lennon's piano and Jake, I don't know whether we've been over this, J.K. Rowling sold a chair that she had and for charity? I think it's called, if Pip was here, he would tell you it's called imbuing. It's mm. when things are imbued by um, an ownership 
and um and that sort of gets bigger and bigger the more famous the person was i suppose so um the for some bizarre because but it, it does also have a tangible value according to the antiques roadshow anyway right you know, I, I just um, i just felt you know at some point somebody you know the teeth would talk and they go we shall chew them in the pizzeria <laughs> we shall nosh them in the burger bar but never shall we stop chomping right uh, that that's just i can't i, I think well, you should well, do I've that got, i've got winston churchill's teeth <laughs> i think you should do it as a sketch i think that would be brilliant I just, yeah i don't know but it is it is interesting it is interesting the value of things that purported purported were purportedly belonging to somebody and it's like mm. you actually it is quite exciting when they I, 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 when they prove it i i like watching there's a the program on um fake and fraud for, no that's not right fake and fraud would be fake the same thing fortune. Fake, no fake or fortune that's it isn't yeah. it yeah where they take those you know works of art and see if yeah. they're really genuinely picassos or not I absolutely love that program. I love it when they do the tracking down of the provenance and then mm -hmm. they find a little clue and then they go, oh, look, there's that stamp. Was That's the stamp of the of the auction room that sold it in 1954. Yeah, I love that. So when somebody takes Almost a piece of art like that, puts it in their, their vault with all the other bits of art they've got and they're never seen by anybody, that's bonkers that's bonkers i mean it's it, but it's it, i don't you know it's it's to do with feeling that you own something that nobody else can own and so that right. makes you somehow feel superior i suppose but if you take that then from that that kind of elevated position of it being a big piece of artwork i wonder if i feel the same about my books you know, my paperbacks. I wonder if I go, well, I've got that, and I? And look at me. Hey, you haven't well, got that, you have do, you? If you've got, like, first editions and then... Not so know. many, no. Not so many. No, I don't think I have, really. I, I, it's not... Um, it's nothing special that I've got, but... There you go. Uh, well, if you wanted to deconstruct it, you would, first of all, take the paperback away from you. Mm -hmm. Take it away. If I haven't got it anymore what are going to be my thoughts about that paperback. So that might give you a bit more of a clue as to mm. what that paperback is serving you mm -hmm. for. You know, what, what job is that paperback doing for you? So maybe when you bought it, if you bought it when you were 20 and you had, you had some really lofty, lovely romantic ideas about being a writer and you wanted to read all the Penguin classics and, and then you were going to write some major novel oh yeah, yeah, yeah maybe yeah, yeah. that's the what world it is changing so, novel yes yeah, so it's yeah. it's a, it's a dream in the shape mm. of a book and then lots of books represent the same dream or represent knowledge and that knowledge will make you feel confident and so when you feel confident you'll be able to do things you want to so it's unpicking what things do for you and i think you can sometimes understand that by imagining that it's not there, imagining that it's just gone. Mm. And what are you left with? What feelings are you left with? And that you build up from those ashes to find out what it's doing for you. Well, at least we, we've, we've got five five categories there. We have. We have. But then, the, then the categories get dispersed because mm. there's anything and everything very often. And a lot of people hoard just piles and well piles of jumbled stuff that is some of it is food that's turned to dust some of it is layers of newspapers that then got pineapple juice spilt on them and mm -hmm. then went you know rotted a bit and then got hard and then solidified and then turned into a brick I got some of those um from a house the other day and I was videoing the forensics of the very bottom of a big pile of stuff that's been there. This just sounds years. like a really awful version of Ready Steady Cook. <laughs> so, yes, and I'm going to bring some pineapple juice and some magazines and some and, and a couple uh, of burger packs and, and some and some powdered powdered beans. Yes, no, that's what you sprinkle on the top for condiment. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
So but yes, I, 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 this one of the things that I really enjoy is, is like, because I'm very curious in inverted commas. So I do really love seeing people's homes and seeing what they've got and talking about their stuff and it's just it's just really interesting really interesting and 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 because I think that most of the people I work with are interesting then mm. there was a story so the lady I went to see last night she's got she started whittling spoons out of pieces of wood which is just glorious I'm going to mm. join her one day when I've got a bit more time and learn how to do it so every so often I just kept coming across all these absolutely glorious hand whittle wooden spoons that she's just started making in amongst all the Amazon packaging and the oh, no. cat yeah. litter and the everything else so yeah it's just very yeah. very interesting mm. it would be nice to, to know from people that have listened um what things that they they acquire and and keep hold of if they could write to us that would be wonderful it would be really write to us you can leave come us on it's a, episode 15 now come on you can send us a podcast of your own for us yeah. to listen to yeah, yes it be. is it is interesting it's 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 interesting to know what people keep and why Probably. and 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 also it's interesting to hear people that have kept stuff um for a reason and then being able to let it go and why mm. that happened as well how, how that what the process is we yeah. went to the the edinburgh book festival to something the other day that we got a free ticket to and uh and that wasn't good because obviously they have the bookshop there don't they oh. hey 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 how but, many but, how many um seven i think oh, one for every day of the week seven and um but they also had the author's yurt Right, which I presume is that the green room. So I was thinking that might that might not be a bad idea. You just hoard authors, keep them in yeah. the cupboard, right, for when you need an, a new book, right, um, and then you don't have to buy the book. You just have to listen to them, imprison the author. <laughs> that might be. Uh, I think I think that's been done, hasn't it? Wasn't it called Misery? <laughs> oh, that's true. Yes. Yes, yes, but without the breaking of the legs and that, I don't. I think that's a bit much. <laughs> Kathy Bates, and, that, you know. and I think yeah, maybe that's the first person I should have in me. me company is Stephen King. There you go. There yeah. you go. Come on, Stephen, out you come. Right, you know you can you can write a book in a week or something like that. What's the matter with you? <laughs> well, come and live one of your own books. Yeah. Oh no, that, no, that's bad. That's bad. So, yeah, episode 15. Episode 15, even though I've written 14 on it. And um, what would you like to do for episode 16? Episode 16, we have a guest. Do we? Episode 16 is Janice Connolly, who is a comedian that plays a character called Barbara Nice. Right. And uh, so she'll be with us and she'll be talking about her views on what she discovered um, because she, I spoke to her about um, about hoarding and um, she asked if she could come and talk to the people at my support group and then she wrote a play. Wow. All okay. stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, which was brilliant and was on at Birmingham Rep and mm. um, was due to go on again and then go on tour to Bristol and then covid occurred and so that got stopped but I'm hoping it'll start up again I wonder if she'd do it as an audio drama that'd be interesting is it possible or is it just very physical and this one was very physical because yeah. um but yes but that would be a challenge because you could do it you'd have to rewrite it because you yep. have to rewrite the sound rather than the visual because she did it she was the person that hoarded and then she had a puppeteer that mm. um brought all the objects alive uh, and and gave them a voice. So, you know, the plastic bag spoke to her and the shoes and various mm. different things that she had in her flat um, spoke to her. So you could still have that, but you would have the challenge of, of, of writing, yeah. rewriting it as an audio piece. We but can yeah. ask her and put her on the spot. We'll put her on the spot, yeah. Yeah, go on, you can do that. Come on, easy. 
Just right, adapt then it. we've got you here, Janice. Yeah, come on. We've planned your career for you. <laughs> eh? Yeah. So, yes. So, episode okay. 16 with Janice Connolly talking about her interpretation of hoarding and the people that she spoke to and then the play that she wrote and then the people that she spoke to after the play because it was it was full every night wow, that's the, really um, the 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 theater was full every night and we had a sort of the second act of the play was actually a, a panel of people talking and so the people in the audience asked i'll, I'll have to see if there's, there's there's some video on youtube there the will be there are some clips i think on youtube we could put in the in the the description bit so people can see it you see. yeah i'll send you i'll send you that I'll apparently it's called it. networking or something like that. i don't know that's that's <laughs> that's holding people to work with networking isn't it yeah yes it is holding people and their holding skills people and their skills yeah yeah you can do that can't you oh yeah i think you can right well you do that then that's just hoarding yourselves. Yeah, hoarding <laughs> me and people. mine, me and my other people that live in my head. They can oh. do. That. Right. So, well, I look forward to that. Super. Right. Well, so we will um, see you. Well, hear you all, or you'll hear us all. At, no, no, no uh, I think we should hear from people. That would be really nice. We Please. would. If we would like to hear from people, because yeah. otherwise we're just talking. Well, at least we're talking to each other, Dave. But otherwise, we're just talking to the ether. Yeah, it's like a black hole, which mm. would be great because you could hoard more stuff if you've got a black hole because it's... <laughs> Apparently, that, they've now seen the other next side. Level. That's seen... the next level of space storage, isn't they've it? They've seen the other side of a black hole now. And Einstein was right. It does actually, um, I was going to say bugger about, uh, with time space, it distorts time and space. And he was right about what he said because they've now seen... The, the back end of a black hole, apparently. I don't know how that works. How do they know? I don't know. Oh, exactly. This is what I'm just going, yes, well, that's amazing. Yeah. But really, yeah. how do they know? Anyway, I have no idea. That's food for another, for another, another time. Yes. Another time. Yeah, right. down black hole. Right. Fantastic. Thank you all for listening. Please do get in touch so we know that you're there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and give us some other topics you'd like us to talk about because... As you might notice, we can talk about anything. So, pretty much, yeah. Um.